Ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. And this is episode 123, Pope Lando. 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 You know what? I I know you're trying to get me to say the Star Wars last name, but I actually cannot remember what it is. Calrissian. There you go. Yes, cue every single Star Wars joke you can think of right here, because it is, in fact, actually Pope Lando. This is this is his name. I don't have any Star Wars jokes. I grew up with <laughs> Star Wars when I was 10. <laughs> that is fair. Well, I will say on that note, too, I was just glad that you recognized it, because that was one of those first reaction moments that we can't mm. redo. Fair. This is his name. He is also called Landis or Landone, but he is definitely known in the history books as Pope Lando. And while we're on the topic of names, it's time for a Pontifact. Because Pope Lando is the last pope up until Pope John Paul I to be a first. Oh. Pontifact! It has been a while, huh? Yeah, and it is the last one that we are going to have until the 20th century. And since Pope John Paul I still took his name after his two predecessors, Pope Paul VI and Pope John XXIII. He just mushed them together. It's a hyphenated. (laughs) So it's still technically, you know, he's still taking it from his predecessors. So that also makes Pope Lando the last pope until Francis to have an entirely unique and unused papal name. Oh, you're right. Francis is new. Yeah. Francis is new. I'm surprised no one has used that name before. Like Francis, you know, (laughs) like everyone loves Francis of Assisi. Yes, exactly. From now until Francis, all of our names are going to be Roman numeral territory all the way through. That is so long. I know, right? It's crazy. I will point out, just for the sake of accuracy, the same cannot be said for antipopes, because we still have a couple unique names that will pop up over there. But as far as the actual legitimate papacy goes, between now and Francis, there is no other pope that will not have a Roman numeral in his name. That's wild. So... Getting into this episode, we are still right in the heart of the Seculum Obscurum, of course. But we are going to hit a whole new level of obscure here that we haven't seen since our earliest Shrouded in Antiquity days. Because according to Bartolomeo Platina, there are relatively contemporary historians of this period who don't even recognize Lando's papacy as having occurred. Oh, occurred, not occurred. I was like, why is cheese involved? (laughs) No, no cheese. I will (laughs) quote Platina here. Landis, a Roman, succeeded Anastasius, but his life was so obscure that some do not reckon him for a pope, especially Vincentius, the historian. This Vincentius is thought to potentially be Vincentius, the 12th century first bishop of Krakow, 
and sourced from his Chronica Polinorum. So there could be an argument that Pope Lando didn't really exist, basically. And it wouldn't be a particularly hard argument to make, considering we have literally one single surviving document that mentions him as Pope. That's it. But he makes all of the official lists and the Annuario Pontifico, so he's getting an episode. And yes, I also just really wanted to say Pope Lando. Pope Lando. So let's talk about what we know about this Pope who may or may not have existed. Lando was born in Fornovo, which was later called Viscovio in Sabina, also called the Sabine Hills, and yes, named after those Sabines. His father was an aristocratic Lombard count called Taino, or in Gregorovius, Rhino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Funny names all around, Lando, Taino, Rhino. So we can assume that because his father was an aristocratic count, that Lando had a comfortable and wealthy upbringing, and that when he came to Rome to join the church, his nobility helped him get established like you do in the very secularly run church of the moment. Yeah. Naturally. He was made a cardinal deacon around 910 in the papacy of Sergius III, and beyond that, we don't know anything until he was made pope in the summer of 913 following the death of Pope Anastasius. And Lando comes to the papacy likely exactly how Sergius and Anastasius had, and that's by being the choice of Count Theophylact and his wife Theodora to serve as their latest puppet. The Theos. The Theophylact, the House of Tusculum, the so many titles at this point. Despite Anastasius's sudden death, the House of Tusculum is doing just fine and are basically uninterruptedly maintaining the Roman Church, Militia, and Senate. And this doesn't change at all during this period. They are still handling the finances of the city and making administrative decisions as the representative of the Pope. So the natural conclusion is that Lando was put in place to ensure that they could continue to do exactly that. Perfect puppet, no trouble, here we go. We'll just continue ruling from behind the papal throne. So again, in truth, we get almost nothing at all of Lando or his own political leanings or his priorities or anything else, except for one small thing. Last week, we discussed how the Aglibid Saracens from southern Italy had expanded and established themselves at the Garigliano River and implied that this was going to be a future problem. This is now where it starts being a future problem, almost immediately during Lando's pontificate. During his pontificate, the Muslims begin to make bold raids further into central Italy, in particular attacking Vescovio and destroying the cathedral there of San Salvatore. Now that name might seem familiar from like a couple minutes ago, because this is where Pope Lando is from. And this cathedral that they have destroyed is likely where he would have grown up in the church. It is even possible that that's where he first joined the church. Ah, they beat up his hometown. They really beat up his hometown. And this is a pretty big coincidence. And it might just be that. Nothing but a big coincidence. 
But we know that with the Muslim raids and the concept of Gajwa that we discussed in Pope Sergius II's episode, episode 104, psychological impact was a very important consideration for where the Muslim raiders would choose to strike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's entirely possible that if they had known anything about this pope, they would have done this intentionally and beat up his hometown. It wouldn't have been an accident. They'd be like, we're going to ruin everything you love. Yes, and and do all the psychological damage like they did when they raided St. Paul's Outside the Walls. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, purely speculation. There is no actual evidence to suggest that they knew anything about Pope Lando or where he grew up. It would be a weird coincidence, though. It is a very weird coincidence. It did absolutely have an impact on Pope Lando, so if it was intentional, it worked. This is because the one reference that we actually have of Pope Lando in a surviving document It's not a papal decree or even a papal letter, but merely a judicial act from much later on in 1413, which recognizes and records that Pope Lando had donated a substantial amount of money to Vescovio to rebuild this cathedral and assist the clerics who had fled to return to their duties in the region. So basically because the Muslims beat up his hometown and destroyed his church, that's one of the only reasons that we know he was Pope at all. Yeah, okay. Now the only other thing that we have about Lando is kind of hypothetical, and it comes from Bartolomeo Platina in his Lives of the Popes. He claims that other contemporary historians, cited as Martin, Cusentius, and Gothafridus, Credit Lando with preventing a battle between Berengar, who's still kicking around and still not emperor, and, quote, Rudolphus, son of Count Guido. Now, this might be true, but there doesn't seem to be any actual record indicating his involvement with Berengar in the short time that he was pope. And the Rudolphus mentioned isn't clear who it's supposed to be. He could be several figures of the time that Berengar had conflict with kind of confused into one person. For example, Berengar will have some serious conflicts with Rudolf II of Upper Burgundy very soon, but he's not the son of Aguido, and this did not happen during the papacy of Pope Lando. Also, if you Google Berengar and Rudolf, The first thing that comes up is a bad-looking movie called Love at Large, directed by Alan Rudolph and starring Tom Berenger. Oh. That's not helpful. Not helpful at all. But I definitely saw uh, many pictures of this movie cover. But that's pretty much all we can talk about, because then Pope Lando died somewhere in either February or March of 914. We don't know how he died, but of course, Wendy J. Reardon is quick to suggest that he was killed by Theophylact and his wife, particularly based on how things are going to go with our next pope. But it's just as likely that he died of natural causes because the Tusculans don't really seem to care at this point. They could just pick a new one. That's about it. He was buried at Old St. Peter's, tomb destroyed for New St. Peter's, and no epitaph survives. So that is all of Pope Lando, and it is time to rate him. No epitaph. Nothing. No epitaph. Nothing. It's all gone. 
Okay. Papatum infallium. So he helped fund the restoration of the San Salvatore Cathedral in his hometown, Viscovio, after the Muslim raid. That's it. That's all we got. Oh, okay. That. What? <laughs> do you want to give him anything? Uh, no. Sorry. I do not. <laughs> I do not want to give him anything. Sorry. <laughs> It started raining and I got directed, distracted by the rain, <laughs> the weather. Are you telling me the rain is more exciting than Pope Lando? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, <That's> I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Pope Lando. I'm going to give him a token one because obviously the Muslim raids are big at this time and he's clearly being responsive enough to do something. We gave Anastasius III absolutely zero points because there was no evidence that he had any response to what was going on with the Muslims. Lando, at least, is responding. Or at least, yes, he's responding after the fact, but it's it's something. Fructus prohibitum? So, 16th century Protestant John Fox accused him of having a son with Theodora, who would become our next pope. But as, as last week in showed this is just something that seems to happen with all of the popes in the pornocracy because everybody's getting confused about which pope had a son with the with the family of theophylact so it's not him the only other thing i can say here is in linda telford's book women of the vatican she cites a quote about pope lando that says though an anointed bachelor he consumed the greatest part of his life among lewd women and was at least himself consumed after only a few months. She takes this quote to mean that he was definitely part of a less-than-holy lifestyle, that he was consorting with harlots, essentially. I, however, have read that quote as referring to the fact that he was Theodora's puppet pope, and Linda Telford doesn't have a footnote on where this quote came from, so I can't suss out any additional context. It doesn't seem to imply that he was whoring around. Mm. Do you feel compelled by it at all? Uh, I mean, if we just start getting at you said, if we just start giving out token points because they're under the Theophylax thumb, then there's going to be a lot of token points. Correct. Yeah. So it's definitely a zero from me. Yes. <laughs> so he'll get a zero in Fructus Prohibitum. Secular Rye Impactum. Well, if you are Theophylact or Theodora, this is great for you. Uh, there is the potential that he may have prevented a battle, but there is no battle that we can look at in any detail to see whether or not that is true. There isn't really anything here. It's a zero from me. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? I also need to give him a zero. Yes, definitely. So he gets a zero in that category. Fossium Sanctus. Are you ready to rank this man's fame? You know what? This is where his points are going to be, right? Yeah, totally. All right, you ready for it? Yeah. All right, here you go. <laughs> you, why'd you do that to me? <laughs> Look, someone has created Lando Calrissian as a pope in the St. Paul's Outside the Wall style. It's lovely, but also, <laughs> like, I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I, I saved this image probably a year ago just for this purpose. <laughs> <sighs>
and I'm glad it has filled you with rage. Mm-hmm, so All much. right, now I will, <laughs> I will send you the real Pope Lando. I do think he's going to get some points in this category. <laughs> oh, look at him. <laughs> he is an inflated mess. <laughs> he, he does look inflated. I cannot tell. The bottom half. <laughs> Rotund. Um, I cannot tell if his beard is, you know, like, I can't tell where his chin ends. You know how you can tell if a beard yes. usually? Yep. It's very hard to tell if this is a very closely cropped beard or whether he has three or four inches of beard here. <laughs> he's got, he's got Squidward shaped face. Yes, that's that's what it is. Squidward, yes. I I love it. It's it's very funny. He looks deeply unimpressed about everything that's happening. He has the deepest frown. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just because how his mustache is. It's the heavily shaded mustache, but it definitely looks like he has a very elongated mouth. Like he's gonna open his mouth like a, a frog or something. <laughs> God he does. Yeah. And yet it's very mouth. distinctive. It's not it's not like it's not like we're looking at this and it's because like it aged poorly or there's cracks in it or anything. Like it is very well defined. It's just also really <laughs> Yes, exactly that terrifying gif you just sent of a person with a frog mouth. That that's what's happening. It it's unmistakable and it's a lot of fun, so he's gonna do well here. I would like to give Sir Froggy Mouth a six. Okay, that's exactly where I was thinking as well. It definitely feels like a six. I like it. It's fun. He'll get a 12, and when we score that out, he'll get a score of three. I do have some of the the bad artist for you. They are basically just bald and unimpressed looking Colin Mockeries. Every time. He's very unimpressed in all of these. Can we get Colin Mockery? He's Canadian and you're Canadian. Can you get Colin <laughs> Mockery to dress up like the Pope? I feel like that's something he would do if we started a campaign to be like, Hey, Colin Mockery, you look like so many Popes. Can you just can you just dress up for us? Yeah, and then great. take several photos and several different profiles. <laughs> and we'll just say you're a different Pope every time. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. So many of them. There is also, from the Pope a Day Tumblr, there was an illustration of Pope Lando, which I particularly like because they've added Lando Calrissian <laughs> in, the, in the background. Yeah, it's great. It's just, again, another unimpressed Colin Mockery, but yeah, I'm glad he's being scored on the one he's being scored on because it is so much fun compared to all of these. You know what? I have nothing against Colin Mockery, but no. Like... Every pope looks like him. <laughs> we never would have thought that he would be our, our generic standard. <laughs> Perfect. Tempus Pontificus. So again, we're faced with the incredible obscurity of the period, which means that every source seems to suggest that he was a pope for a different amount of time. So we're going to go with the average, which is August or September 913 to February or March 914 approximately six months and a score of 0 0.125. All right, everybody, it's the cannon bonus round! Do, 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 do. 
No, obviously not. We don't even, there are debates about whether this man was actually Pope or not. So, no, not a saint. Not a saint. Which brings us to his total score, which would be very sad if it weren't for how Pope Anastasius did last week. Mm -hmm. Because he has quadrupled his score with a 4.125. Yay, I guess. It's not a 1. He quadrupled his score. It is not a one, but it is also not that impressive, which sort of pre-emphasizes our answer to our next question, which is if he's papally enough or pizzazzy enough with an impact enough for a papal bull. Uh, no. No. I mean, sure, he saved some very important people in the galaxy or something, mm-hmm. but no, it's just not that. Well, if we are rating on on actual, yeah, if we are rating on Lando Carl Carl uh, blah, blah, <laughs> Star Wars Lando, that would be very different. And well, maybe, he would. Be, I don't know. Maybe I don't we should know if do that on been... Patreon. <laughs> rate Lando Calrissian as Pope. Yeah. Well, or just yeah, rate him under the same categories. <laughs> Okay, well, I need to sit down with with one of my clients who is the biggest Star Wars fan I know and get all the information, and then we will do exactly that. Because it would be fun to to have the dichotomy. Yes, for sure. Although, I'm going to say now that this version, the real Lando, is probably going to score better in Facium Sanctus, because that's a weird face. (laughs) It's just a weird face. So there's that. But that brings us to the end of our episode. And before we go, we have a couple thank yous to make. First, from Patreon, we have a new patron to absolve of their temporal sins. So we would like to thank Noga. And funny story, Noga just signed up for Patreon while we've been recording this episode. So this is the most direct sign up to thank you. Mm -hmm. Very, very fast. Pipeline. (laughs) Pipeline fast. Even though this episode isn't going to come out for months, <laughs> just know that when you signed up, uh, that's that's when you made it into the episode directly. Ego te absolvo. I would also like to thank Stuart Hall, who sent some more books from our Amazon wish list, which is awesome. Thank you so much. And with that, that brings us to the total end, and we can say thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Pontifax is edited by Greg Gassman. Greg is the host of the wonderful papal history podcast, Popular History, which is history through Pope-colored glasses. At Popular History, you can also find daily content miniseries like Cardinal Numbers, ranking all of the cardinals, and coming up soon, Habemus Pointsum, where Greg and I will discuss all of the papal transitions. If you need to reach Greg, you can do so at popularhistory at gmail.com. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at pontifexpod at gmail.com, and we're pontifexpod on all social media platforms. If you'd like to support the show, consider subscribing to Pontifex on Patreon. Checking out our research wishlist at tinyurl.com slash pontifexwishlist, or making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash pontifexpodcast. If you'd like to support us in other ways, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes makes a world of difference. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at pontifexpod at gmail.com, and we're pontifexpod on all social media platforms.
If you'd like to support the show, consider subscribing to Pontifacts on Patreon. Checking out our research wishlist at tinyurl.com slash pontifactswishlist or making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash pontifactspodcast. If you'd like to support us in other ways, rating and reviewing the show on iTunes makes a world of difference. Thank you.